And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight to one of our great radio stations. So I'm, I'm reading here I have a conservative publication. Uh-huh. The Wall Street Journal editorial page and a liberal publication, the Washington Post. I was going to say, I, I thought you were going to say the the Wall Street Journal uh, news site. <laughs> well, it, that would be accurate. If, uh, I'll start with the Washington Post. All right. The forewoman of the special grand jury in Georgia may have complicated an investigation into efforts by former President Donald Trump and his allies to overturn the results of the 2020 election. By speaking bluntly about findings in interviews this week, several legal experts said Emily Coors, a 30-year-old Atlanta-area resident who served for eight months as forewoman of their special grand jury, said in media interviews this week that the panel recommended multiple indictments in its report, the details of which a Fulton County judge ordered sealed. Coors said the list of recommended indictments is not short, that there would be no plot twist, when the public finally gets to see the contents of the report and that regarding, quote, the big name that everyone keeps asking me about, uh, uh, I don't think you will be shocked. Several legal experts said they were surprised and concerned by Coors' unusually candid commentary. I could add other words besides candid to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Which included evaluation of witnesses, tidbits uh, about jurors, socializing with prosecutors and a stated hope that the investigation yields charges because of how much time she and others invested in the case. Such remarks could cause additional challenges for the Fulton County attorney, whose investigation has come under scrutiny for for what some have described as legal and ethical missteps. That's Fannie Willis. Hmm. Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney effectively barred the Fulton County District Attorney Willis, from investigating Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones, who served as one of Trump's false electors in Georgia, after Willis hosted a fundraiser for his opponent, the DA did. Yeah. 
Trump and his allies have repeatedly criticized Willis for outspoken characterization of the investigation and frequent media appearances. She told the Washington Post in September that her team had heard credible allegations that serious crimes had been committed, and she believed some would seek would see jail time if uh, Willis does indict Trump, uh, becoming the first prosecutor to bring charges against a former president. Trump could use Coors' remarks to advance the argument he's made all along that Willis's probe has amounted to a political prosecution and not a serious investigative inquiry. You cannot view her interviews that you see in person on TV. We've played a few audio cuts. We play one just before the top of the hour of her and not look at it and say, my God, if she's the foreperson of the jury, what kind of zoo was that like? Yeah, if she's the one in charge, basically, <clears throat> leading that jury. Yep. Uh, of course, told CNN that former Trump uh, Chief of Staff Mark wow. Meadows and other witnesses refused to answer questions invoking their Fifth Amendment right to self-incrimination. She also described an ice cream social she attended hosted by Willis's office. And to expand on that one, the Wall Street Journal uh, uh, did, it says... The Atlanta paper reports that she swore in one witness while holding a Ninja Turtle popsicle she had just received at an ice cream party thrown by the DA's office. She said serving on the jury was really cool. She said she's never voted, although she told the Associated Press she agrees more with Democrats. The the quote that she had, about meeting Giuliani. Oh, my. I couldn't wait to shake his hand. I couldn't believe it was Rudy Giuliani, and I got to shake his hand. Mike, this, if if you did not have, you know, I go all the way back, uh, before we get there, I go all the way back to uh, a uh, old Rockford Files from the mid-'70s. Hmm. And Rockford was... Uh, called to testify before a grand jury. Yeah. And it showed the power of the grand jury in in um uh in uh California at that time. Mm. Where he didn't know why he was there, he didn't know anything. He would ask questions. If I said, I'm not gonna answer any of these questions. Well you've already answered some, you must answer more. I'm not gonna answer any of these. I'm done. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know anything. I don't know what the case is about. I don't know a damn thing about this and and I am not going, so I'm taking the fifth on everything. So uh, he got out. They served him. A, he wanted. To, then he was trying to investigate. What is the grand jury doing here? What did I do? Right. I didn't do anything. I, there's right. nothing I've done. Yeah. You know why are they coming after me? And then they gave him immunity. He still went answer, and they threw him in jail where he got stabbed. And and so he went after. You know he went after the prosecutor, not the grand jury, but we went after the prosecutor for abusing the system and really went after him. I mean, it was, it was the last speech was really good, but I remember at that time I always wondered, you know, grand juries do have a lot of power and you did. I understand the purpose of grand juries, but you can also understand the possible abuse of grand juries by a prosecutor. Sure. sure. And it's always a little un. Uh, I mean, I, I understand the fact that you can, as a, as a, uh, a prosecutor, you can say, well, I gave gave the evidence to the jury, mm-hmm. 
And they're the ones that said there's probable cause for an indictment, not me. And therefore, you can take politics out of it. Right. I'm not saying there's not Wash a place. Wash your hands, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying there's not a place for Grant. But but that can be helpful mm-hmm. in, in, a, in, in a way because well, I mean, the it, perception. Sometimes it, it is, uh, it, you could say that, okay, there's a conflict of interest <clears throat> or to avoid right. a, a possible future conflict of interest then a prosecutor stands aside, hands it over to a grand jury. Right, and my office could be did, all the above. Right, I didn't get involved in it. Uh, an assistant was the one that uh, you know brought the evidence to the grand jury mm-hmm. or whatever, however you would do it. Um, but the the ability, I think everybody looks at it and say the uh, the ability for a prosecutor to abuse the grand jury system is a great possibility. Why? Because there's no cross-examination. Right. And I, we understand yeah. that it's the prosecution trying to present the evidence for Because any any uh, evidence that or a, any uh, prosecution, the uh, the defense doesn't get their say to begin with anyway. Right. Even right. if the police give it to the DA, that the DA files the, the, uh, the, the charges, mm-hmm. the defense, you don't have. You're sitting there in jail, and that's when you may meet your attorney. Right. And so we understand the process and how it goes. Uh, at that point, but talk about destroying any confidence in a grand jury uh, in Georgia. If you look, or, or in Fulton County, for example, you look at it and go, "Well, she's nuts." That's not that's not the kind of four person I'm looking to be over a grand jury giggling. Right. Right at the verge of giddiness. Right. I mean, she's she. Came, I, I don't know anything about her. She came across as extremely weird. Yeah, Not, and, and extremely unserious. Well, it, ab- it, ab- ab- about that's that's it right there. A total lack of respect, no regard for the process. And at this point, you can't make the case, well, you know, a uh, grand juror is just a regular person. That, no, 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 no. Once you've been part of the process, you know on the other side of it, by that time, you are well-schooled on what to do and what not to do. And she doesn't have any concern for the process. That is bothering. That that yeah. right there is bothersome. <laughs> in a big, big way, and should be an alert to these uh, the prosecutors. Somebody, uh, we played the audio, I think, the other day, uh, that the you know any of the legal teams, defense teams right now that might be preparing for this are looking at it going, okay, first thing we're going to do is move to dismiss any indictment that may come down. Right. And for those of you who may be Democrats and say, you guys are just saying that because you want Trump to get, uh, to get off. <clears throat> I'll reverse it. You've got, you know, the people that have, you've had, uh, you've had uh, people on CNN and liberal media that's looking at this and worried and said, my God, what if they had legit evidence on Trump and she blew the whole case? Well, that's, that's it. If, if, Looking at it from the other and, side, and I said that I said it the other day in relation to you know what she might believe, and if she is uh, uh, an activist, and assuming for that moment in the conversation that she was an activist, if she 
is, then all the more reason to preserve the process and re- and respect it because at that point you believe, oh, we got him. You want to see that play out. And then down the road, after all is said and done, maybe that's when you open up and say, oh, yeah, we had him going in. We sent these recommendations uh, on uh, on uh, on on going after Trump and and the indictments, but uh, because we saw very clearly, blah blah blah. You would want to make sure you get the job done. Now, I, I I just don't get it, it's just weird behavior, and it doesn't serve anybody. It's just bizarre. I mean, it's just I've just never seen anything like this and i know it's a grand jury but still you're in a jury and how many times have we seen jurors interviewed have you ever seen anyone act like that no ever ever never no no everyone no no matter what has always seemed to view except maybe the juror for michael sussman who we didn't get that that was that wasn't a video that was a uh in all the years of judge judy I haven't seen anyone on in any of the cases act that weird. The only the only time we've seen this kind of weird thing happen was on night court. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean it it plays out of something even though they didn't have juries. But yeah, the, it, it, it really is and it would be a weird type of comedy, right? Yeah. If she were a character and and she were playing you know, uh, the foreman on a jury, on a grand jury, and she came out to the media like that, it'd be like, okay, that's kind of weird. It's not really funny. What's going? Where are they going? Where are, they, where are the writers going with this? That's how bizarre it is. It doesn't and, fit. And, and one of the things that she said when she said uh, that uh, she also told CNN she would be deeply disappointed if no charges resulted from the grand jury's eight months of work a comment that drew criticism from some quarters right. since the length of an investigation should not determine whether indictments follow. Right. She said, quote, this is just too much, too much information, too much of my time, too much of everyone's time, too much of their time, too much argument in court about getting people to appear before us. It was uh, it was just uh, too much for this just to be, oh, okay, we're good, bye, end of quote. The length of time has nothing to do with it. It simply nope. does the evidence exist. Right. And that's a problem. That's a huge problem because that's the four person saying there should be an indictment because we spent a lot of time. Right. That's extremely damning. Right. If you say, and she shouldn't be saying anything, but if you say something like, we believe that the evidence is clear, which is why we recommended the indictments. Right. Then that's one thing. But to say, well, they wasted all of our time. We put in all that time and they're not going to do anything. She's making it about her. This whole thing reeks of someone trying to get their 15 minutes. It was like valley girl four person. It's weird. Just. When it I, is weird. When I first saw it, what was it yesterday? The day, no, the day before. Hmm. When I first saw her. I was like, this is fake. I well, really thought it was fake for a moment. I said, am I being played here? I I saw the news alert. 
And I, I just thought to myself, wait a minute, because I didn't see anything about her and her, you know, demeanor. Just the fact that the foreman of the jury was talking. Yeah. I thought, what in the world is going on here? I'd never heard of that. We're not talking about after the indictments happen, after the cases are done and, you know, they go through the courts. We're talking about the grand jury system and a foreman coming coming out and talking to the media. It just seemed there was something weird about it, just that part of it. And then you add her demeanor and her laughter. Bizarre. Yeah. 86690 Red Eye. A weather phenomenon around the Hawaiian Islands. When you get a winter storm or a cutoff low pressure system approaching the state of Hawaii, it's termed a Kona low. And that is indicative of a storm system that turns the typical trade winds around and brings in the winds from the south and the west. Those winds interacting with the terrain of Hawaii can ring out prodigious amounts of rainfall in a very short period of time. Such as what happened last week on the big island of Hawaii, according to USDA meteorologist Brad Rick. That produced in a two-day period as much as one to two feet of rain. It not only eradicated any remaining drought for the Big Island, but it also produced significant flash flooding. A similar system, meanwhile, has impacted other islands in the Hawaiian chain this week. Dealing with flash flooding, debris flows, and the potential for more flooding as we move through this week with the new storm impacting a broader area than last week's system. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, All right, you ready for this uh, audio cut? Okay, what do you got? Okay, just uh, we got to play this, and uh, here's our little game here. Is is she telling the truth? Huh. That okay. used to be one of my favorite game shows when I was a to kid. To tell the truth? To tell the truth. All right. Is this, a tr- is this the truth? Or a lie. Every day, Joe Biden and I talk about and work together with our partners, like former leader Hoyer, current leader Hoyer, um, to lower the cost for the people of our nation, because you are a leader. For working families, we have reduced heating and electricity bills. So folks have more money in their pocket to buy things like school supplies, replace the dishwasher, or take a family vacation. Is that true? Has the Biden administration reduced heating and electricity bills so folks have more money in their pocket? True or false? False. Eh. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know, I, just, I shake my head because, again, the only thing I can say is... <laughs> Everybody watching that, mm. <laughs> Steny Hoyer, who was apparently there, he knows it. Yeah, they all know she's lying. 
Anybody watching it live when it happened, whoever was covering it, knows it's a lie. Yeah. Harris knows it's a lie. She knows that everybody that was there and everybody watching knows it's a lie. Everybody knows she's lying. She knows everybody knows she's lying. And she continues to lie, right. as the administration does, as Corrine Jean-Pierre does on a consistent basis. I can't remember the last time the president talked about it, but he implied that at the State of the Union, didn't he? Yeah. Right. That inflation was going down. Right. They want you to believe right. that prices are coming down. Yeah. No, okay. the rate of inflation has dropped somewhat. Prices aren't coming down. They're going up. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Individual. And he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Okay, got some audio cuts of the day. Okay. All, all on the same topic, just to show you the political problem that the president has because of the train derailment uh, mm. in uh, east, uh, east of Palestine, uh, Ohio. And the audio cuts I'm going to play, none are from any conservative network. All are from liberal networks. Okay. We'll start out with CNN uh, yesterday. Tonight, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, is on the ground in Ohio Its stated mission to make sure Norfolk Southern does everything to fix the toxic mess caused by one of its trains flying off the tracks. The move follows three weeks of angry pleas from residents of East Palestine that the company, the agency, and the president of the United States are simply not doing enough. Uh, There you go. That is, of course, uh, CNN and uh, uh, Jake Tapper from yesterday. We go back again to CNN, and this is CNN's MJ Lee. Is there is there some sense at the White House that even if they were watching it, they should have been talking about it more? Look, I think it's clear that time is definitely of the essence, as Miguel and others on the ground have reported 
uh, there is real lack of trust at the federal government's response. Uh, did they respond fast enough? Uh, there's a clear desire within that community to see big names come and actually see with their own eyes. And I think you're absolutely right that as soon as the president uh, touches back down on U.S. soil, there are going to be real questions about what he personally is willing to do and show he is doing to really address this problem. There you go. And finally, we go to MSNBC. Mm. And this was really incredible because this is one of the MSNBC reporters in Kiev with the president. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I don't know why I didn't catch this actual part of it live. He's talking to Buttigieg. But the fact that this reporter's in Kiev and asking questions and, in essence, making statements also on the train derailment is just mind-boggling. I'm here in Kiev, Ukraine, and one of the things uh, the mayor of East Palestine said uh, that he called on President Biden to visit uh, East Palestine before he went to Ukraine. He said that was the biggest slap in the face that tells you right now he doesn't care about us, talking about President Biden. So he can send every agency he wants to, but I found out this morning that uh, and, and one of the briefings that he was in the Ukraine giving millions of dollars away to people over there, not to us, and I'm furious. Uh, look to Americans who have a train derailment, particularly with hazardous chemicals in their in their community. You can see why this feels like the biggest priority for them and perhaps two generations to follow. If there's hazardous chemicals out there, what do you say to people who who see the president's visit to Ukraine but don't see you or the president in East Palestine? Well, the biggest thing I want uh, residents of East Palestine to know is that they're not alone. Uh, our department's personnel were on the ground from within the first hours of the incident. They've got multiple federal agencies on the ground partnering with the state, partnering with local first responders. And this has the attention of the entire administration. Well, that doesn't cut it. Again, of course, a non-answer. Right. Uh, and and so that's the problem that the president has. And He's back on American soil now. I don't know whether Crean Jean-Pierre is going to hold a press conference today. From what I know, Biden has not addressed this at all. And we know it took over two weeks for the Secretary of Transportation to mention it. And it's been a big issue ever since. Remember, he brought up the whole thing of construction workers, uh, you know, not looking like the, uh, you know, the uh, the area population that they're right. working on yeah. construction projects on. It was interesting because... We had talked about that earlier when uh, National Review broke it down and went, oops, what you're saying then is you should be more blunt because the implication was there's too many white people on construction sites. But actually, who is working at way over their percentage of the population is Hispanics and illegal immigrants. And so if you're going to say this about construction sites, what you need to say is we need to convince Hispanics not to work on construction sites, and we need to kick illegal immigrants out of the country. Right. So you won't hear Buttigieg talk about that anymore. Well, no. <laughs> so no. Uh, but uh, that's the problem. That's the problem that the president has because when you have that on the liberal networks and even MSNBC, and the MSNBC one with the reporter in Kiev, and then when he stops talking and hands it over. To Buttigieg, who pauses a moment, they have the video of the explosion, the plume in the background, mm. all these houses on a street yeah. right there, and this, and it looks horrifying. I mean, it right. looks like as I in East Palestine, yeah, East Pal. What I say? 
Well, no, I just wanted to clarify yeah. that yeah. It, it's in East Palestine because yeah. the reporter, which, again, we find kind yeah. of odd. Right. The reporter right. wasn't here in the States, but was asking that uh, question of uh, Pete Buttigieg. And imagery is politics. Well, <laughs> these are the things that play out. And again, you have a liberal administration. You have a chemical spill that typically they would come out and say was the responsibility of a, a global multi-billion dollar company. They would have jumped on that from the get-go. And why didn't they? Well, because nobody's in charge. Nobody is capable of governing and making decisions inside this white house from top to bottom it's clear and the other thing that was just uh i think just very very bad uh uh, imagery and i want to play this here and there's you'll hear the question be shouted out but the question shouted out mr president any reaction to putin pulling out of the new start nuclear treaty Hmm. here we go mr president any reaction to I don't have time. He says, I don't have time. I don't have time. Smiles, turns around and walks away. And you know that, look, we understand and we explained to our listeners yesterday, this is actually a good thing because there's no excuse for the administration now to pretend that Russia was following the treaty. Mm -hmm. They weren't following the treaty. Right. Has been broken down by a number of publications. Well, it's actually a good thing. They weren't following the treaty to begin with. Mm -hmm. And the president, when he came in, reinstated the treaty that the Russians weren't following. And so, in a way, what it does is, and I don't know whether Putin knows this or not, or did this... For this reason, once the American public realize that all Putin did was state that, okay, we're out of this treaty that we're not following anyway, and the president was pretending that everybody was following it mm-hmm. when everybody knew the Russians weren't. And when they see that one of the consequences of that is Russia now has 2,000 tacti- tactical nuclear tip missiles and the United States only 340 because of the cheating from the Russians that makes the president inside the United States look weak as he's attempting to portray that he is you know, this pillar of strength. Yeah. And so all these questions, I don't know whether Green Jean-Pierre is going to have it today, but it's going to be a nightmare. They may have to move back because it looks like we know they moved it back from February. We, we, uh, the it was implied that they were going to announce that he was running for president sometime in January. Mm. Then they moved it to February. Now it's moved to April. They may have to move it to next April. Yeah, right. Because every single time, every single day, every single day, and all the questions, none of the questions have been answered about the balloon, and none of the questions have been answered about the uh, the classified documents. So nobody's getting any answers to anything, no. and then all these things pile up on top of it. Behind, and that's what's it's going to be uh, today, tomorrow. I won't say all next week because I don't want to underestimate Joe Biden's ability to f things up. And there are the uh, further f things up. And and here are the 
you know, that that's it. With each day, there's something new. And the report yesterday that we talked about, they can't find anybody to be a uh, a, a campaign advisor. Yeah, they've gone. Yeah, they can't. That may be a problem. There who too. would yeah. who would want that job? Yeah. I mean, look, there are people inside that that will take the job, but so far they haven't been able to yeah. staff his campaign, and so I don't know when a good time is going to be for a Joe Biden announcement and. How do you do it in a big way? What do you say? <laughs> okay. I want you I want you to imagine in any serious way Joe Biden and supporters saying four more years, four more years. That sounds like a nightmare. That sounds like a warning, not a campaign chant. And and finally, whenever uh, the left talks about a country that we should model after, what is that country? Sweden, right? Sure. Well, Sweden does this. Sweden mm-hmm. does this. Sweden mm-hmm. does this. Interesting article by uh, uh, Johan. Uh, excuse me here, uh, Johan Norberg, senior fellow with the Cato Institute. Okay. Op-ed piece. Uh, Wall Street Journal, how Sweden saves Social Security. Mm. And they said, uh, just a few of the issues on which Sweden and the United States are not in perfect sync. Then Vice President Joe Biden said here in 2016, um, Social Security. President Biden refuses to consider any reforms, as do many Republicans. But that won't, not a lot of Republicans, but right now they won't. Uh, but that won't save the program. It'll doom it. In a little over a decade, the trust fund will be exhausted. Sweden faced the same problem in the 1990s. They they couldn't do it. Fewer births, longer lives. Projections show the system would be insolvent a decade later. This was back in the 90s. Hmm. As Mr. Biden has said in another context, Sweden has, quote, an ethic of decency, end of quote. Yeah, its politicians chose not to deceive the voters. Yeah. The center-left Social Democrats acknowledge that the system would not withstand the stress that uh, can be foreseen. We can see it. The numbers are there. In 1994, the Social Democrats agreed with the four center-right parties to create an entirely new system based on the principle that pensions should correspond to what the beneficiary pays into the system, a system in which the contribution, not the benefits, is defined. The reforms were designed to make it impossible to run a deficit and pass the costs on to future generations. Crucially, the agreement introduced a balancing mechanism named the break. When the economy is doing worse than expected, pension benefits are automatically reduced. Mm. When the economy picks up again, the break is released. Sweden introduced partial privatization of the kind the American left derides as a Republican plot to gamble our money away on the stock market. The Swedish government withholds roughly 2.3% of wages and puts it into individual pension accounts. Workers are allowed to choose up to five different funds in which to invest this money according to their own risk preference and can change them at any time for free. Hmm. Commentators claim that partial privatization would mean that pensions could be lost in a financial crash. This ignores that the money isn't all invested or withdrawn at the same time, meaning that the performance in a single year isn't crucial 
the returns from the normal income pension is around 2% per year. But from the private accounts, the average Swede has made an impressive return average of roughly 10% a year since its inception in 1999, despite the dot-com crash, the financial crisis, and the pandemic. Swedish Social Security isn't perfect and doesn't satisfy anyone, but it is an obvious advantage in that it actually works and it's sustainable for a long time. Hmm. And it's the Swedes that the Democrats consistently say we should model our country after. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, at some point we're going to have to face reality. I just don't know how the Democrats are going to do that. <laughs> 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. You know, it's interesting because, you know, you and I talked about that uh, the uh, whole train derailment uh, in uh, Ohio and and the fact of the president being in uh, Ukraine and the fact that people are saying, wait a minute, isn't your job to take care of us? And I was telling you that, you know, for example, the storms that we're seeing now all across the country, mm-hmm. the 2,000-mile storm that someone wrote and said, hmm, can you get an electric vehicle across those 2,000 miles of frozen yeah, roads? Right. Uh, but uh, two people this morning already that I know, Mm -hmm. that live up north. Both of them, where are the plows? Where are the salt trucks? First two people I get that that have posted this morning. Mm. And I'm like, that's the kind of response. When things happen, people want a response. They want to know. They pay their taxes, but and they pay their taxes for uh, garbage, you know, the local taxes for garbage, snow plowing, things like that. When there isn't a response and it isn't to their satisfaction, it's the most important thing to them. Right. Now, take something like that derailment and the chemical spillage and the explosion. Well, the intensity is about a million times greater. Yes. Of course. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 